This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Losing Your Motivation. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who is struggling sharing space with her parents. Uh, Then we're going to be talking about what's in the news. Charles Barkley thinks athletes should cut the vaccine line. And Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, I hope I'm saying her her name right, break up. But first, I don't know. I'm I'm devastated about that breakup. By the time this episode comes out, we're recording this like a little bit in advance, like a few weeks. But it broke I think they'll remain. I think they'll remain broken up. I think so too. For Ben. Sad, sad. We'll we'll get into it later. But first, what has been going on in your week? Well, inspired by or what inspired this week's topic actually is uh, I was talking to my new therapist. I'm starting to feel like an old man with many ex-wives with my therapists because I'm just like going through so many in the last few months plus like consultations where I just like spill my guts out to somebody and then I never speak to them again. It's it's, Yeah, old people tend to do that like – Nick went to a hardware store and he was like, I can never go back there again. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, you were there a long time. And he's like, I know this guy's whole story. And then he did have to go back. And and then it took him another hour. And he's like, I can't go back. And I was like, okay, next time you're going to say your wife and child are outside waiting for you. And he did that. And he still was in there for like 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, old people, all their all their friends and family are dead. They don't have anyone to talk to. <laughs> well, to be clear, when I said old man with many ex-wives, I meant more like the therapists are my ex-wives. Oh, sorry. But... I just thought you meant old people talk a lot and they just tell no. their whole life story to everyone. That is what I'm doing, but it's a, an appropriate setting because they are being paid to listen to me. Got it. Got it. Sorry. Um, sorry. I was I was misunderstanding. I hope I didn't offend anyone, but I don't think <laughs> – whatever. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm calling it – I've been calling it my trail of tears because I just call people and uh, have a little breakdown and never speak to them again. Um, That's so, so funny. Uh, and now I have my current person uh, and I had this weird interaction with her oh, no. where I was telling her about how I am struggling with um, finding motivation and uh, – and which I think a lot of people are right now, and it's just been really difficult for me. And um, I was like, you know, s- some people seem like they just have endless reserves of motivation, and like despite the circumstances, like they just they are creative and they can come up with lots of stuff no matter what. I feel like and- this came up a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, where everyone was like, "You're in quarantine, like go write that pilot that you always wanted to write, and go write that book you always wanted to write." And then there was a lot of pushback against that where people were like, the world is falling apart. Like, it's okay if you aren't feeling inspired and like all those people telling you that like now's the time that you don't – you're not going out and doing things with friends that you should be like writing. Like, you shouldn't feel bad about yourself. And like there was a big – but now it's been like a year. I feel like people will be like, okay, I got to get back to work. And like they're like starting to do stuff. So it is interesting that you're just like, no, I still almost a year later – feel no motivation you're not going to be like taylor swift producing like two full albums that secretly no, come out definitely Angela? not i think and that's and that's the really difficult thing about this year is everybody's in a different place and where they're processing it and how it's affected them um and yeah for it's me, very varied I'm, whether people are producing or not producing and feeling right. motivated or not and like to be fair it's definitely something that I was starting to struggle with a little bit, even pre-pandemic. I think that this has just made it worse, but it's uh, it's something that is, you know, you can experience at any point in your life. But um, so anyway, so yeah, I was like, they're doing, of course, what you shouldn't do, but I was comparing myself to other people. And she just kind of like, her style is very laid back. She's like wearing pajamas and she just kind of like yawns. <laughs> and okay. she's like, uh, she's like, you know, you would be shocked how many of those people are addicted to cocaine. 
That's and I was like hilarious. Hilarious response. That's amazing response. An amazing. Not the response you, I was expecting. Did you like pause and be like, that's gonna podcast material? Uh, definitely somewhere in the back of my head, I was like, thank you for this gift because this is a great story. I just can't that I will imagine tell. my therapist ever saying a comment like that. She's like very serious. And you know, I was like, I respect the the candor and the humor. Uh, You'd be like, surprised at how many of those people are addicted to cocaine. It's really and it's but I was probably, also like, that is not true. helpful. Um, and then like in process, I was like talking with my friends about it and we were laughing. But then the more we talked about it, I was like, I mean, my main takeaway from this is like that I should be doing cocaine, which like that's not a good therapist. As I say, when I was addicted to Adderall, I was very productive. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you had done cocaine too. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I was I'm productive like, should I be and then, medicated? And then it turned should to I anger. do drugs? Don't, yeah, don't do drugs. That's not my thing. I'm like, I was productive for a hot minute and then, and then I just became like an angry person. But uh, yeah, so I, I think she's, she's super cool. I think we could be friends, but I don't know if our relationship's going to work out because Have you fired I, her? I'm the quirky one. I can. I have to be the quirky one in our relationship. The yes. therapist. I like a therapist who's like kind of like who we vibe. Like we speak the same language, but is different than me in like, it, like I, somebody who's a little more like earth mothery. You know, like a little more wellness woo woo. Not like full woo woo, but like can speak to me like they are grandmother Willow or something. You know. Oh, I didn't know that was like, like your, your type. I just I want a deep well of wisdom that feels mystical and not someone like me who's like, yeah, those people are addicted to cocaine. But I I respect it. I enjoyed it. I just don't know if it's for me. That's the kind of comment um, that you should be making, not her. Exactly. But uh, it was funny. And she's pro- – listen, I think she's right. And uh, in my darkest moments, I will try and remember those words of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I remain unmotivated. Um How's your week? That's good. That means you haven't started cocaine. So exactly. I feel like we probably talk about therapy too much in here, but clearly we can't get enough of it. Uh, so I, Angela, got an email from my therapist this week telling me it was like, oh God, what was the subject line? The subject was like new changes happening. And she told me that she isn't taking insurance anymore. And so it was like a long-winded email that like, I, I guess I appreciated that she gave background into why, like, her business was struggling, blah, 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 like, like, you know, these persons on maternity leave, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, she's not taking insurance anymore. So if I want to stay with her, I have to pay out of pocket, which is, like, seven to eight times as much as I pay. Like, right now, my copay is, like, $20 a week. Right. So she is – her rate's usually $185. I'm just going to get into the numbers here because I feel like it's helpful <laughs> for people to, like, know yeah. how expensive – the shit is she I'd get a reduced rate for 2021 so who knows it could go up later but like there'd be 140 and you know I I pay a lot for insurance as it is and I know our medical system in America is shit they underpay mental health professionals and that's just like a problem with the industry and that they don't value mental health and I know they underpay a lot of doctors but specifically mental health I've just heard from a lot of people that's why a lot of people a lot of um psychologists and psychiatrists they just like don't take insurance you just have to pay out of pocket which is like super fucked up cuz then it makes getting mental health like a class thing you know so thank god thank god honestly for the companies that are that are coming up like we have two sponsors actually Talkspace and then I'm blanking on the other one but whatever it's we'll we'll Angela's gonna look it up while I tell my story I'm just blank but there's like a lot of companies coming up trying to solve this problem that are making um therapy more more um Excess. Better help. Yeah. Better help. Better help. Better help. Yes. Thank you. We Sorry. Better help. I get brain freezes, but better help and talk space. They're making it mental health like more accessible. But anyways, I could go into this for a long time, but I honestly, I, she's ha- made such a great impact in my life and has helped me through so many dark times and knows I'm not going to like start with somebody new because she just knows so much about me at this point. Like, I'm like, I really don't want to tell my whole life story again. And like, 
she can like reference things that like I've forgotten about. And it's so helpful. But I think I'm just going to take a break for a bit because like I'm I'm just really bummed about this email. Like I it's hard to justify paying seven to eight times more when I pay twenty dollars a week. And like Nick was like, that you know, I don't know if I would look at it this way, but he was like, if you're paying this, this turns you from you're no longer a patient, you're a client. And like that was how he looked at it, you know? And he was like, You're yeah. no longer a patient because you're making this choice because of money. You're you're no longer a patient, you're like a client getting like a service. And I was like, Oh, that that is interesting. Cause like I'm a client when I get a facial. Like I'm a client when I like get a massage, you know? I'm not, they might call me like patients, but like I'm I'm like I'm I'm a client. It's like different. It's more like transactional when it's like you're talking about significant money that I would have to pay. And I mean, it just doesn't make financial sense for me. I've had like, I've had to pay out of pocket for so many doctors because our system is such bullshit. Like to see my high risk pregnancy specialist, totally out of pocket. That's like, it's like a huge chunk of money that we like have to invest just so that I can see this, this like high risk doctor to like help with my condition being like born with a unicorn at uterus. Like, yes, I could go to any doctor, but like, fuck it. We've decided, like, this is just important. We're in, this is what we're investing in. It's like, I just, I don't also, I can't, I can't be paying out of pocket for all my doctors when I have good insurance. It's like, it's so crazy. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this whole yeah, situation? I've talked on previous recent podcasts about going through the same thing where I, the insurance thing has been a total nightmare. Like, I have insurance and I cannot find a therapist that, works for me that that is in network. And yeah, I, I was seeing somebody who was really, really great and who I, I like got kind of attached to because like, you know, you talk to somebody for enough sessions, they like know enough about your life. And but the out of pocket cost was just way too much for me. Um, and now I'm struggling bouncing around finding somebody. That I mean, works, but- I don't want to like, ma- like, not prioritize my mental health or whatever. But there is other stuff I can do. Like I've been doing this work this like it's called like inner child work with this my acupuncturist where we do this like it's very woo woo-y but it's it's like visualization and we did this like meditation where I I felt like I was hallucinating Angela where I literally could picture myself as a young child in these specific locations that I hadn't even thought about in like you know decades like since I, since I was a child and I could picture it. And then I, and then I saw myself, I felt like I was a ghost and I went back and I gave a hug to my child, to myself as a child. It was like, you will be okay. Like you are going to like, you, you will be okay. Like you'll get through this tough time. Like you're going to move very far away. (laughs) And I was like, you will be okay. (laughs) Like, don't you worry. And it was, I don't know, it was really helpful in like kind of a woo-woo subconscious, can't really explain it in tangible way. I was like, maybe I just need to do some more like weird inner child hallucination woo-woo shit for a little bit and like just take a break. Well, I will say most therapists that I've seen throughout my life have been like CBT style therapists. So like it's more about talking about uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes, yes, yes. I think you talk about like kind of like the present, like they're not into talking about the past, but oh, the, maybe that's not what I have then, because it's all yeah. about like this is because your childhood, like that's literally well, I like have to everything. Say, I've been experimenting with different styles lately, and oh. yes, yeah, something about like talking about the past is actually really, even though all my pre- my issues, my anxieties, feel like they are the present. Like yeah, talking about like childhood is really, it's like that's like the stuff that makes me cry. I've like never cried in therapy, but that is like making me. Uh, Yeah. No, mine has been like all about my childhood. Like it's like a, it feels like it's been really helpful, but it does feel like a therapy cliche where you're like, you're like, you're like this email that you can't like send because you're stressed out is because this thing in your childhood made you feel this way in the present. And you're like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So anyways, I'm just like, annoyed at the health care system and yeah um this past year has really made me empathize with people who give up on seeking out like uh therapy or yeah. some kind of any kind of mental health because like there are so many barriers there's so many barriers to finding a good person and having it work for you i might just like Sucks. try out our sponsors honestly but it's like i've been seeing this person for four years i'm like fuck, i don't i really don't want to start again but anyway 
So I have friends that have have done um, uh, services like our sponsors, and it has worked out really well for them. So that's great. I mean, the one thing I do wish is that I could like text and be like, I just got this crazy text, like, what the fuck? And they like, and like, that's okay on the services, which I like. Anyway, whatever. Long, I got to make a decision about what to do, but I think I've actually already made it. All right. It's time for us now to help you with your probs. We're going to jump into our mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. What I love about Care Of, Angela, is they kind of help you figure out which kind of vitamins you need. But most of all, you don't have to open a gazillion different bottles of vitamins when they do help you figure out what you need because it comes in these little individualized daily packs and it just makes it literally makes your life a gazillion times easier in my personal opinion. Yes. And they also, beyond just vitamins, uh, they also have like collagen, which I've been putting in my smoothies for my hair and skin. That's like a new, I don't know. It's like, um, all the rage right now. It is all the rage. Um, I, I kind of just started, so we'll see how it goes. But it makes me feel good. I mean, you're me glowing feel. and your hair is looking gorge. Okay. So the reviews are in. Obviously, it's yes. working. Um, so here's the deal with Care-of. All of Care-of's products are formulated with good-for-you clean ingredients that are backed by science. Care-of's in-depth five-minute online quiz asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help address your specific wellness goals. And uh, you don't have to make any big resolutions this year. You know, it's a new year, but small impactful changes are just as important. So add a daily vitamin to help you help support your energy, sleep, or fitness to target those goals, whether in the short or long term. Yes, do all of that stuff. And we're hooking it up as always. 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com slash this is why five zero and enter code this is why five zero. That's 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com slash this is why 50 and enter code this is why 50. Angela, what's in the mailbox? What can we answer as we clearly have everything figured out? Yeah. And we can help people. No, I'm just kidding. But for real, I sometimes I, I do think like I'm like, it's so much easier giving advice than actually following it. Like half the time I'm like, this is the this is what you should do. Now I know it's hard to follow this or it's easy to know what the right thing to do is when there aren't emotions involved. So when you have an outside perspective, that's right. true. Actually, we're I think like I, the advice I give situation. is what, sorry, what would you say? We're removed from the situation that our listeners are going through so we can be honest and like clear eyed. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Because I do actually think sometimes we give advice. We're like, this is exactly, this is actually the easy way to do it and the helpful way to do it too. All right. Anyways, but let's see if we can stick to that this time. <laughs> let's what see. All right. The question. So first up, we have an anonymous listener and it's a one sentence, simple question. They said, how can I be productive while working from home alongside my lousy parents during quarantine? Uh, love the use of the word lousy. Not used enough. Made me laugh. That's um, it? That's the whole question? That's the whole question. And oh, God. I mean, okay. I know I say keep your 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 stuff short and I'm like a paragraph or less, but I I, girl or guy, girl, guy, person, human, I need like a little more than that. Like, how can you like, what do you mean by lousy? Do they like keep coming in your room, in your room while you're like on a work call? Are they loud watching TV? Are they like, what, what do you mean by lousy is a, lousy is a fun word, but it's very vague. All right. I mean, I'll try to answer this the best that I can. So they just want to, she just says, how can I work? How can I be productive while work alongside my lousy parents. Okay. I've got to like try to read into this a bit. I mean, well, I, I, you have some thoughts. uh, Well, so here's my, I, I, unlike I've been lucky enough that I've been able to spend some time with my parents during this whole thing and, and, you know, attempt to be productive under their roof. So I see where this listener is coming from. Um, and we just did an episode a, a while or a couple episodes back about, uh, conflict with family and how COVID is bringing up weird stuff with family. So 
Uh, I get it. I feel ya. Um, I think that I don't know if you live with your parents full time or if you're just staying with them, but I know that for me, going and staying with my parents for like an extended period of time totally knocks me out of my routine. Um, and like I just don't feel like I get anything done while I'm there because I'm sort of like in vacation mode because it's not my home and like I like I don't do like like my my mom will cook I don't cook when I'm there so I'm like eating other people's food I just like don't feel like myself um so I get how it's like jarring um I think that like if you can make space for yourself that's important like I if I do if I make a phone call when I'm at my parents I know that my mom is probably right around the corner trying to listen to whatever I'm talking about. So really? try and like not in like not even in an intentional way. I think that she just is can't curious help about your life. She's and just like curious. That's true. Like one time I heard my like I was listening to my dad on a work call and I wanted to hear everything because I was just so impressed. I was like, well, this is like so cool to hear you in your work element, you know? Right. You get like a little insight into that person's life. Somebody that you know so well, but you see a different side of them. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's interesting. So I think like finding a place where you can have true privacy within the house is important. Um, and also getting out of the house, going for walks, seeing people, uh, you know, in a socially distanced way that aren't your parents, that are your age, that uh, maybe think a little more similarly to you can be helpful. I would also add that like people aren't mind readers. and so they might not know what you have to do that day for work. So setting boundaries, but in a way that just kind of lets them know, like, for example, the other day I had like a work phone call and like, normally I would just go in the bedroom and like shut the door and like go do my call and not say anything to Nick. But I was like, Oh, I think it's actually helpful. So I can tell him so that that way I'm not like shooing him out the door. If he like comes in in the middle or, you know, I'm not like, you know, putting myself on mute and be like, be quiet, you know, like preventing, preventing a problem before it happens. So I just said, Hey, today I have an important call from, you know, 11 to 12 where, um, it's like a FaceTime, uh, just so you know what I'm doing when I'm in the bedroom. And, and then it was like, he was so quiet. He actually was trying to like put the couch together, but he was like worried it would like maybe disrupt the wires for the Wi-Fi. So we like waited till I was done. And I think just like letting people know what you have to do that day, you know, like, Hey, I've got kind of a crazy day at work. Um, mom and dad. So I'm going to be in the bedroom, like doing this and that. Um, and like, I mean, how they can't be that lousy where they're going to like try to sabotage you at work. So I think just giving people a heads up, even though you think you might not need to about what you have that day, um, hey, I've got kind of a crazy day, blah, blah, blah. This is what I've got to do. It might seem like you're giving them too much information, but you can also just make it up also. Yeah. <laughs> make up what you have to do if you um, don't actually have anything important, but you want them to leave you alone. Just say it's important. Yeah, that's, that's important too. <laughs> um, that would be my advice. All right. What else we got in the mailbox? Okay. Next is another anonymous listener and they write, I work from home, live with my boyfriend and two dogs, and absolutely have no motivation to get up from my bed. It's gotten so bad that I fall asleep through work meetings, lay down on the sofa and do nothing. No workouts, no extra work at work, just the bare minimum, no attention span while watching the telly, and just a general lack of motivation to do anything. I'm not sad or anything, but just feel like I am in limbo. And obviously don't want to be a pandemic bitch and break rules. So I am just stuck in my flat, just existing. How do we deal with pandemic fatigue? Did you write back to this person already or no? Um, I did write back to them and I said to them. I feel like this is like I was like, you're vibing listening to my therapy session today because this is you sound exactly like me. Um, so this is why I want, kind of want you to answer this first, because I'm curious, sometimes we, you know how we always say we're better giving other people advice than ourselves. So I'm so curious to know what you said to somebody struggling with motivation when it's your problem. Like, were you almost able to solve, were you able to solve your situation by helping somebody else in the same situation, but, but by not focusing on yourself and focusing on and an extra person you were able to like clearly give advice or what, what did you, or did you more just commiserate with a stranger? I think, yeah, that's the first most important thing for me was like validating those feelings and being like, you are definitely not alone here. This is a a thing that is happening. Um, so, and, and 
something that I didn't write back but that I will say now is that she points out, she's like, I'm not sad or anything. I just feel like I'm in limbo. But I mean, I think, you know, you probably are sad. You probably are anxious at the very least about what's happening in the world. And I think it's definitely related to that, obviously. Like, I mean, this is like if you Google this, there's like lots of stuff about how what our bodies, like the trauma of what we're going through, like the not just the pandemic, but the coup, the coup-demic. Coup-demic. Uh, the coup-demic. It's like a lot. And and for some people, it when was they funny get anxious, the, they get really tired. The coup was like really emotional for me that day. I was like terrified, especially I grew up Jewish and there were a lot of people wearing like these Nazi t-shirts and and I, I went to like talked about it with Nick and I was like, Nick, like, let's talk about the coup. And he was like, eh, there's a bunch <laughs> of crazies. There's just a bunch of crazies. Uh, like, like they're going to like, they're going to go in and like Biden's going to be president. Like, 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 eh, they're just a bunch of crazies. And I was like, what? And I was like, it's just so funny how like it didn't affect him. He was just like, eh, they're just a bunch of crazies being crazy. And I was like, what? No, I, I mean, I don't think they're going away. Uh, I think something very scary is going to happen. No, not don't to say that. Don't anybody say else's that. anxiety, but I mean, like this didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, well, it's been brewing it's for a long time. Yeah, Trump like instigated them, but but um, anyway. But anyway, 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 anyway. but yeah, that was that was a very anxious day for me. Um, me too. Me too. Uh, I was, and I think like being uh, advice specifically for something like that, being too. Like it's good to be informed of being over engaged with something like that can definitely increase your anxiety and increase those feelings of like exhaustion. So limiting your screen time perhaps is a good idea. Um, I think that like I I know what the things are that help me because I have days where uh, I am motivated and like I do feel good and I get shit done, but they just kind of happen sporadically. Do you notice um, anything different on those days when you do feel motivated? So I think it's the culmination of doing little routine things every day and then they just kind of pay off on certain days. But for me, like having creating structure for myself in somehow, some way and having a routine is very helpful. Um, like I plan out my whole day in the morning. <clears throat> like I assign a time and everything to the things that I'm going to do. And Sometimes I don't stick to that. Uh, it's really easy to like waste an hour if you want to. Um, but at least having that framework to go off of and like things I can check off a list help me feel good. And and I think like with my therapist, what I'm trying to work on is uh, being proud of the little things that I'm able to check off my list in addition to the big things. Oh, I like you know, that. And reframing what you see as an accomplishment. Which is easier said than done, but it's a way of thinking that can help. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing though is just like letting this person know that what you are feeling is a side effect of anxiety. Like the, what you are describing is a big thing. And I, I would definitely like seek out a doctor, first of all, to make sure it's not something else. I mean, you could be like iron deficient or something. So seek out like your your yeah, primary fall, care doctor, falling but also asleep, a therapist. Falling asleep during work meetings is the thing that stuck out to me is I agree. Like I would talk to somebody and just see, like truly see if it's like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I, but I'm just, but like, I'm, I'm just, so I don't want to like, we're not I don't want to like freak you. Yeah. I don't want to like freak you out and like name some like health stuff, but like, I don't know, a thyroid problem. I just remember my friend that had a thyroid problem, said she was really tired. Like, I don't know. But I would just go and talk to a doctor because s falling asleep is like an overly exhaustion thing. And that could actually be like a medical condition. Yeah. Um, but, but, if, actually, but if it's not that, like people have told me like, like, yeah, sometimes, you know, just, I mean, at least during, I'm pregnant. So I'm like growing a human and like, but, and I have one kidney. So I don't know, like medical people have said, you know, really, if you're tired, truly listen to your body and like take those naps and like, yeah. then like, to like make sure you're hydrated. So at the very least, sometimes you do just need, it's okay. Sometimes we, we don't always need the same amount of sleep every single day. And I do think our brain can get overworked and make us more tired. So I would go talk to a medical professional, just like, you know, just give yourself peace of mind that it's nothing nothing you know 
don't know. I was really, really, really tired and I was anemic and I needed to take some iron medication. Yeah. I need to take, I needed to take some iron. So just make sure it's not anything. But then other than, you know, assuming they say that there's not, then yeah, sometimes you just like need to cut yourself a break. Yeah. Uh, and I would say, I know she said she has no motivation to work out, but I do think that working out could, if you can get that into your routine, that can be good for you, or at least going for a walk and getting fresh air. It's been a game changer for me. I mean, I didn't work out today, but like every day I do, I'm I'm like, I feel like I accomplished something. Like it actually makes me feel good about myself and it does have endorphins and it just is like a cascade of good things that happen. Um, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at this is why the podcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why the podcast.com. And now we're going to talk about what's in the news. Angela, talk to me. The news is crazy. What have you been reading? That's so hard to whittle down, you know, between like, Army Hammer being a cannibal and the insurrection at the White House. What do we talk about? What's evergreen? Wait, what about here? Army Hammer as a cannibal? Oh, God. We're not even going to get into it on this episode. story that you picked? No, I didn't. But maybe I should have. I figured it'd be old news by the time this airs. But yeah. No, I clearly am not on Twitter like you are. So I don't see this shit. Like anything I see, it's so funny. I'll be like, Nick, did you... Have you been hearing about how incredible all the women in Poland are? There's like this huge <laughs> women's right movement. They're like, but and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw on Twitter, and I was like, what? That's like my entire dynamic with Ian is him showing me something on his phone and me being like, I saw that three days ago. Yeah, and he's like, damn it. I'm like, I'm the mayor of the internet. Okay, it's where I live. Ian and I are like the same because I get so frustrated. Nick's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh, you saw a tweet? I read a whole piece about it. It took me 25 minutes. Anyway, um, wait, wait, real quick. Why is Army Hammer a cannibal? Because I truly didn't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, so let me see the Spark Notes version because it's a real Russian stacking doll of He did insanity. not eat a human. No, so Army Hammer uh, recently divorced from his wife. You guys are so lucky you're getting three new stories for the price of one episode this week. Um, he uh, He's divorced from his wife and then somebody leaked a bunch of um, – sexts, sex, sexy texts, sexts that he had sent them. And they were very graphic. That he had sent his ex-wife? No, that he had sent women that he was cheating on his ex-wife with. He cheated on her too? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So he turns out – so it kind of like snowballed. It started out where it was like, well, this is graphic, but it was between two consenting adults and whatever. I'm not going to king shame. And then it got more and more – like kind of perverse um and there was a series of texts where he was like oh, i just want to like eat you and like drink your blood or what I, and then I think, are you so sure that de- wasn't like vampire porn so he's denying that some of them are real but then the real story now is that they found he has a private instagram that was secret uh, and just like followed by his friends and he so i mean i can't imagine being so desperate for attention being like a big actor having a very popular instagram that's public but then you also have the need to create a private instagram where you post shit that could end your career and that is what army hammer did where he posted like like he's going through divorce proceedings where he has to take drug tests to see his kids and he posts like videos of him being like oh they just found benzos and weed in my piss like what so i'm assuming that his wife will be using some of that in court thank god Thank God we're not famous. Honestly, I don't envy it because it like what a bummer. Like you have to be so nervous about. I mean, I just wouldn't post that shit and I wouldn't tell anyone I want to like drink their blood anyway. But I've definitely sent some like angry texts I wouldn't want anyone to see. And like just like imagine being so scared about anything that you post. I know. And it, like ruining your career. Like nobody has a shit about me. My feelings Thank about God. the whole thing kind of snowballed because initially I was like, yeah, like whatever. That's like Also, he sounds like he kink. sucks and it is weird. But there's a lot of like weirdos out there. But he definitely just seems like a – I don't know. Doesn't seem like a great person the more information comes out. But he also – I think he had like a crazy childhood. I don't know. I'm not here to psychoanalyze Army Hammer. I'm just saying he's a cannibal. It just – Sounds like like his reputation in Hollywood was like this amazing, nice guy. He's like picked so many cool films and like he's so great to work with. So this definitely, I guess the 
the bummer is like it changes what people think about him and like nobody likes a guy that cheats on their wife yeah and and he just like seemed kind of disrespectful to the to the women that that he was Ugh. cheating with yeah just what i don't know what was the story you were gonna talk to the us about? story i was gonna talk about was that charles barkley thinks that athletes uh deserve to cut the line for covid vaccines that's so, kind of all you need to know that's pretty much it uh, I never had an opinion about Char- Charles Barkley before. I was pretty much neutral on the subject. Kind of think he's a dick now. A little out of touch. Uh, Can I get but- your opinion on like New Jersey saying that people who smoke cigarettes get to cut the line before anybody else? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that they were doing that. Um, Not before anybody I mean- else, but before like they they're like that's considered like a. Con- um, like a pre-existing condition. It's interesting because there's just so many comorbidities when it comes to COVID. That's just one of them. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing they didn't, they're not including all of them because then there would be too many people and we don't have enough doses yet. Um, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. This whole, the whole rollout is a clusterfuck and very disappointing. It's so funny because if you see people that post, it's so funny. I'll see somebody on Instagram and they'll post their vaccine picture like getting their vaccine, which is good because it's bringing awareness. Like everybody should get a yeah. vaccine. Like I've seen so many articles recently that are like, we're underselling the vaccine. The vaccine like can save your life. And it's, you know, 95% effective isn't even doing it justice because those other 5% mostly just got like a very mild version of it. Blah, blah, blah. And like we're underselling it. And so it's good that people are posting pictures, but then anytime I see someone post a picture, they're like, how the fuck did you get this? Like, yeah. you, did you cut the line? And they're like, I'm 80 years old. And they're like, you, <laughs> you know, like, like people are like mad at people who got it at the same time. It's very strange. Well, it's because once again, I mean, our, like our government has created kind of like a, a, a hunger games thing where, where yeah. people are like, it's so stupid. I don't know. Yeah. It should just be one centralized system. We shouldn't be having to like refresh the page for Costco and the Javits Center, whatever, like a million times no. to to get her. It's just, it's a mess. It's a big mess, but I hope it all sorts itself out. I hope by the time this episode airs, everything is figured out. Wouldn't that be Super great? Super optimistic about it. Okay, what and, I was and and athletes, wait your damn turn at the back of the line. You're healthy and you're able bodied and young. Shut up. What I was going to talk about was Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus split after a year together. Um, this is from Us Magazine. I'm actually kind of sad about this guy. I really love this couple. She seems like, I don't know her, but from my time covering celebrities, I really like this couple because a lot of people, anybody that's dating Ben Affleck, I feel like right away people are going to be like, oh, you're just trying to like do to become famous. And, but she had all these amazing films lined up. Like she was, her star was already like on the rise. And it, yeah, if and, anything, she was tarnishing her brand by being with all, all back tattoo Ben. <laughs> I guess so. But she just seems like this very bubbly, fun, kind of like light. And from everything we've heard about Ben Affleck, he's like a darker spirit who like struggles and like he's the brooding artist type. And that's and I, very kind to and, our boy from Boston. And I, <laughs> the and I feel like artist. I feel like she brought, loves Dunkin Donuts. Yeah. I feel like she brought out like the light in him and maybe she kind of liked his the brooding artist and like he seemed really enamored by her. Anyways, I really liked them as a couple. So I'm sad about this. Supposedly she broke up with him and, you know, she's, she's a lot, you know, a little bit younger, but she picked supposedly according to us, she picked dumb, immature fights with him, but he doesn't get flustered. They've never been big issues or deal breakers. You know, they just kind of like he was working on his career and doing his thing and, I don't know. They broke up. They broke up. My, That's it. My instinct is everybody's starting to to like see the light at the end of the tunnel. And maybe Anna de Armas was like, I'm getting vaccinated. I can play the field again. I'm getting back out there. That's possible. It's like cuffing season on crack. That's the theory. All right. On that note, it is time for us to talk about our topic of the week. All right, Angela, what is the topic of the week? This week's topic is losing your motivation, which we talked a lot about during our listener question segment. Um, 
like I said, I, it's something that I've been struggling with. Some of our listeners have also been struggling. Um, and so I figured it might be universal enough to talk about for me. Like I said, I have random days where I wake up with energy and ready to like take on the world. And then other days in my COVID, crazy COVID world, I'm just like, I feel kind of frozen. So, and like Laura said at the top of the episode, you hear a lot of like, like I screenshotted this um, from a writer that I follow where she reposted this tweet that says, you're not lazy, you're exhausted. How can you comfort yourself today? And then the caption was something that we've heard a lot. It's reminder, we're currently living through a pandemic that's killing 3,000 people a day with little to no government support. We're stuck inside. We just witnessed a violent insurrection, yada, yada. You know the deal. So basically, she's saying, cut yourself some slack, which logically I get and I agree with. Um, but emotionally, I still have a lot of guilt. I feel like I need to be motivated. I need to be doing things all the time. And when I'm not, I just I, like I have this feeling of guilt. It's hard to remind ourselves like this is true with relationships is they, you know, I don't like the roller coaster. I've heard like different kind of metaphors. Like there's like the roller coaster. There's like it's cyclical, but just that everything's not a constant. If you're a motivated person, it doesn't mean you're going to be motivated every single month, every single year of your life. And coming to peace with that is kind of a journey and it's a lot about self-acceptance. And I've definitely had to come to peace with it a little bit. I get really anxious when big projects end. Like my book came out almost a year ago. And so I get a lot of anxiousness feeling like I need to find out my next project. I need to have my next project. Like I'm a motivated person. Like, I don't know, I need to be proving it to like myself and other people and I especially feel that way when I'm pregnant. It happened with like both pregnancies. Like my last pregnancy, I was like, I need to get a book deal. I need to get a book deal. I need like a big project. Like I don't want people or myself to just, you know, feel like my own only identity is as a mom. I want my children to see this like motivated, ambitious mother that has a life outside of them. And it's important to me. And I don't know. I... I, but when I was trying to get pregnant the first time, I was extremely unmotivated to do anything work-wise. Like it was like my job to get pregnant because I was just like struggling with finding out about, you know, that like my body was different than other people and that I like only had half a uterus and I didn't know if I could get pregnant. So I was like, I just need to focus just on this. And then once I did get pregnant, I was able to kind of find that motivation again and with work. And like this time around, it's been a little bit of a mix. We've been I've been like pregnant during the pandemic, which has been like, which has been obviously scary. My book tour got canceled when the pandemic hit. And then I've had like some little projects and like little bits of success, but it's been like a very kind of strange year. And I don't know, I've been a little bit more at peace with it this time around. Um, Maybe like not having like the total motivation to write that like novel I wanted to write or work on a pilot work on really anything big or I, and I've, I've just kind of accepted, okay, I'm just not going to produce as much stuff. I just need to have, I need to write like an article a month, you know, or like, and like, maybe that's okay. And maybe this year is just about like spending time with Rilo and like getting my family stuff in order, preparing for the baby, taking care of my body. And as long as I'm writing and not feeling like I'm not doing anything and I'm keeping up my skills and writing makes me feel happy and then like that's okay because a lot of for me I can be really motivated but a lot of my work is out of my control it's like pitching a lot of stuff and then if editors accept the editors either accept them or not and I was getting really down early on in the pandemic so I was pitching a lot of stories that were just getting rejected and then that really hurt my motivation, which I wish that I, I wish my motivation wasn't affected by outside voices and it was like all internal, but it did make me feel kind of down about myself, especially when I pitched like one story and then like four months later saw an extremely similar story written by another writer. And I was like, oh, I just like, maybe the way I wrote the pitch wasn't great or I didn't pitch it at the right time. And then I was like, damn it, I should have like maybe circled back with the editor and like tried to pitch it again because clearly a few months later she did want it. And I don't know, things like that just like got me down. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a break. So my motivation like goes up and down and I've noticed it about myself and just I'm growing 
to be more accepting of it and okay with it. Um, and just realizing that sometimes, you know, it's going to, it's going to come back and I'm going to find that next project. And, and yeah, the thing that helps me is really similar to Angela. My calendar, if you saw it, look, it like looks like a psycho OCD crazy person where it's color coordinated every single like hour of the day has something allocated to it. So like, I'll tell you tomorrow what I have. On my I will calendar. say yours puts mine to shame as I've seen your calendar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine is not color coded. So I have like from nine to nine thirty, like Nick and Laura right back about the roof. We have to like respond to like whatever this like renovation person and then it says send a note to isb right after that from like 9 30 to 10 and that's like a school for rilo for next year that we're like applying to and then and then it says like call banana republic to get gift card info because i i returned something but put my wrong email in and so i actually have to call them to get my refund anyway then i'm working on an essay in between then i have my therapy then then i have yoga for an hour yeah, I'm work I'm working on I'm trying to like work on like an essay to pitch to an editor. So I'm doing that from like 10 to 2. Then I'm going to do some yoga. Then I have call a friend. Like I I literally have everything in there. So I just I feel like I get more done this way. Sometimes I even put like eat lunch. Like I'll dedicate yeah. like when to eat oh, lunch. I do that. And so I don't know, just like really allocating a time for everything helps keep me in track. This might not work for everybody, but if you find your process right now is not working, like give my psycho process a shot. <laughs> I also think like for me, even though, like I said, it's been sort of a rocky, rocky road with therapy and finding the right therapist that works for me. But like something that I did in just like talking about this stuff and like kind of saying, like sorting out my feelings out loud, something that I realized um, was that like with my motivation and my feeling of like being stuck, whatever, it's less about me not um, – not wanting to put the work in like it's not me being afraid of the work that goes into like accomplishing certain things it's more that i am like afraid of doing the thing and having it fail or doing the thing and having it uh not like changing my situation you know it's like well i did the thing and it's it's easier to like fantasize like if i accomplish this thing it'll make me happy and it'll fix all my problems uh mm, but I then to actually mean. then to actually do it and have it not be that thing uh, is like sort of paralyzing. And I don't yet have the answer for how to uh, fix that or work on that. But I think just like being aware that that's where I'm at and like having talked it out uh, is helping. It's like it's something I can sit with for a bit and like be like, okay, now that I can identify these emotions, like I can figure out a solution. So like awareness yeah. is the first step. Oh, they say. oh, yeah, awareness of like what your what your block is. Right, 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 right. So psychology today also had a few. They had six ways to discover motivation during COVID. This was written by Wendy Boring Bray. I don't know what these letters are next to her name, but it's her credentials. Wait. I don't know what they mean, but it's DP DBH. What what credentials is that? you know? I don't know. And then yeah. LPCC. If you know what those credentials are, maybe you'll be impressed. Otherwise, maybe you won't be impressed, but you'll just think that this advice is good. So number one is lay out your SMART goals. Goal setting is excellent method for building your motivations. Be small and specific. That's what Angela and I both talked about. Tackle your daily tasks. Um, I like what Angela said about um, I know I'm saying Angela now you're like in the second person, even though it, this is a conversation between you and I, but, uh, I like what you said about your therapist telling you that even your small things can be considered productive tasks. So that was cool. Yes. Build yeah. your routine. She also says, um, you know, just a few habits here and there. I, I would highly recommend prioritizing working out. It's crazy. If I don't write like one single word of an article or an essay or like an idea, but I've like worked out. I sometimes my body just feels better and I feel productive, um, which leads us and to, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I just want to say like, as somebody who I think I've been pretty vocal about not being into working out, I have to say it does improve my mood and my day when I, when I do it. So yeah, absolutely. So it'll help you. And then I think that will lead to eventual motivation and then emphasize self-care. I've really been doing this, especially since I've been pregnant. 
um, stay social. I I feel really happy read, reading this article today because I, I was kind of feeling that. I was feeling a little down today. And so I just shot a text to two friends, one one in California and one that just like, you know, moved to a different moved, moved to a different state. And I was like, hey, girl, like I really miss I miss you like nothing important. But like, let's try. You want to like talk, talk this week. And like one was like, yeah, why don't you just give me a call? If I don't pick up, I'll call you back. And like and I was like, oh, oh, or like call me tomorrow. And like, you know, I it's hard to know my schedule, but like just call me. And if I if it works, I'll pick up. If not, I'll call you right back. And I was like great that's actually great like it's not stressful because we're not putting on the calendar like we'll just keep it easy so I like I put it on my calendar to call her (laughs) during a specific time because that helps me but we don't have like a specific date and then the other friend was like maybe not in the same mindset as I am because her response was like hey I really miss you too like I've been like crazy busy studying like let's catch up soon so a little more specific I could tell that she was just in like a study like a study mode, but like maybe what wasn't like super excited to do a phone call. And so I was like, okay, I like, I like read between the lines and I'm like getting your vibe, but like I felt good just even touching base over that text. Um, and then six is seek out therapy, which I'm not even going to like talk about because we've talked so much about therapy, right. but like it We're can obviously be like advocates. Yeah. Any, any last things for motivation that, that you think you're going to try for, for you? I mean, I I feel good like you were kind of starting to say that all the things on this list are things that I think maybe from going to years of therapy, like I, I have prioritized like making a part of my day. And like I said, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But um, I don't know. I'm going to stick with it. Cool. I hope for the best. Trying well, to refresh. Trying to reframe what I see as an accomplishment and be kind to myself. I love that. We hope that helps all of you guys too because that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single. It's got dating tips. If maybe you're feeling like you're not being motivated with dating, maybe our book will make you laugh and make you feel better and give you some fun ideas. Also, my book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales, at the very least, give yourself a good laugh. We encourage you to try and get them from your local indie bookstore. Yes, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. We've been getting a lot of questions submitted via DM on Instagram, so if you have a question you want to send us, slide into our DMs at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes, and thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast.